0: from the brains behind Teal the show. This is Teal the podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you in to Teal the podcast. We're putting a wrap on the Jaguars season coming up in subsequent episodes, we're going to be spending a lot more time looking ahead at specific ways the Jaguars are going to attack this offseason. Coming up here on this edition, We have a lot to talk about, and we'll hear from Mark Brunel. We'll hear from Jeff Prosser from 1010XL and from Mike DiRocco of ESPN, who all joined us on our final edition of the Mark Brunel Show at Sneakers Jacksonville Beach. Uh, This past week we did it on Wednesday and um, had sort of a season in review roundtable. We're going to bring that to you here. We popped through a list of Available quarterbacks or quarterbacks who could be available this offseason. We know that Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, and Ryan Fitzpatrick are all going to be free agents. Uh, Three more that could become available, Nick Foles, Joe Flacco, maybe Ryan Tannehill. So we ask our panel, including Jeff Prosser and Mike Duraco, what they think the Jaguars should and will do at the quarterback position this offseason.
1: I I don't like that list you just showed me. Uh, You know, If you're trying to be a contender, taking uh, guys that, you know, haven't done the job in other places, doesn't suit me. You have to draft your quarterback, right? I mean, for right. the most part, if you go down the list of good teams in the league, you find teams that found their quarterback in the draft. And ironically, you know, you're thinking you want to get as high as you get when you're losing as a football team. This seems like a year where, you know, maybe you could have got a quarterback at the right value between 15 and 25, and here they're sitting there at seven. And I think they're going to get stuck in a situation. Do we reach a little bit because of where we slotted and how badly we need a quarterback, or do you sit tight and try and get one later? We
0: talked about uh, Jones there. You've got Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, who could be uh, the first quarterback taken. Will Greer, uh, Drew
2: Locke at Missouri. D-Rock, any of these guys do it for you? Uh, I, the Jaguars do like Dwayne Haskins a lot. I know that. Definitively, that they really do like that kid. Uh, I think they liked Herbert a little bit better, but he's obviously gone back to Oregon. Um, but, but it's interesting, I still think that they're going to take a look in that free agent market as well. And all the, the numbers that we, or the names that we showed on that list over there, the one that nobody does anything, like Mark said, it doesn't jump out at you. But a guy that doesn't turn the ball over and may not be as expensive as, as maybe people might think is Tyrod Taylor. If you want to be a guy, a bridge guy that's going to take you to that next quarterback who's not going to turn it over, which was certainly what they wanted Bortles not to do, then that might be an intriguing option. For I all. think there's if there's one name, I like the Nick Nick Foles only because we've seen something
3: recently, certainly. right? I mean, the kid won a Super Bowl. Uh, another quarterback that takes care of the ball. Will Philly depart ways with them? It's hard to say that you know. In this day and age, you can't really pay a couple guys twenty million dollars each. Um, but uh, I think he, he, but he doesn't want to be a bridge quarterback. He didn't want to hold down the fort for the first rounder. he wants to be a guy for the next five or six years. And he's going to cost a lot of money. Um, but the hard part about drafting a quarterback in the first round, we talked about this earlier, it's 50-50, guys. You just don't know. I mean, Dwayne Haskins looks good. Daniel Jones looks good. But all the guys that you're looking at are going to look good. They're going to have great tape. But can they transition from college to the NFL? Uh, and be just fine. We don't, we don't know. We haven't done real well in our, our first-round quarterbacks, but this is a year we have to get it right, but there's
1: so many unknowns. Will they make it at this level? The one thing I don't like, Cole, is it seems here in Jacksonville we continue to get ourselves in a cycle of having to force the quarterback. They forced Byron when Mark had three or four good years left, and then the GM changes and they forced Blaine Gabbert a little higher than he should have gone, and then Dave Caldwell came in and they forced Blake Borders. I mean, we got three forces and we got three offers. we got another quarterback search, and that's what concerns me about the potential talent level of these first-round quarterbacks and where the Jaguars are drafting. You just got to get it right, though, right? I mean, yeah. take the right quarterback
0: when
2: you have that top-ten pick. Problem solved. It's just not matched up for them. The times that they've needed to grab that guy has been a time like this. Or when they've been in position to grab the guy, it's been a time like this. It's not a great quarterback class. You know, I talked to Todd McShay store story I was working on, and he said he liked uh, all the guys that came out last year and most of the guys that came out the year before are better than any of the quarterbacks this year. Wow. Well, this is the year when the Jags are picking in the top ten and need the quarterback. So it just really hasn't worked out for them. And Mark's right. You just don't know. What these guys do on the collegiate level doesn't always translate. Right. And, and you miss more than you hit. And that's the problem that the Jags are in right now. They've missed and not hit at all.
0: And by the way... it's. The offense was not just about the quarterback this year. We've detailed that offensive line injuries, issues with the running backs, underperforming wide receivers, tight ends, you name it. There were plenty of uh, fingers to point around on that offense. Which brings me to this question, and that is how far away are the Jaguars, Mark, right now from being contenders in 2019? Well, if we're just talking about the
3: offense, I think we're we're a long ways away. There there isn't just one position that we're worried about. It's not just about the quarterback. You mentioned the running back situation. We'll talk more about Leonard Fournette, of course, but there are concerns there. Uh, there are some, uh, there's concerns at receiver. There's concerns at offensive line. Uh, listen, our defense is, is going to be good enough next year to get us to the playoffs, but we saw this year you need more than defense. You need some guys that can play at the receiver position, guys that can separate, big time receivers that can make plays for you. You need an offensive line that can protect. I know there were injuries. But there are some holes there, and, and uh, so every decision they make on the offensive side of the ball is critical this season. I like the defense, but if I'm just looking at the offense, I think we're a long ways off, guys.
2: z
0: can they be a playoff team in 2019?
2: Well, if they hit on the quarterback, uh, th- then maybe. Because I do think if you get the right guy, he does fix a lot of holes, and especially if he's a guy that can elevate guys around him. But Mark's right, man. You look at the, at the offensive backfield, you don't know what you're getting for Leonard Fournette. You don't know what you're getting out of wide receiver. Marquise Lee is coming back. How's he going to be with that knee? Tight end? Who, uh, seven yards of catch from Sparrow Jenkins is just not going to get it done. I think they're two or three years away if they hit on everybody that they draft and sign.
0: Huge questions, though. I mean, question marks all over on that side of the ball.
1: Well, and that's the thing. And you said, and you made a good point, it's not just about the quarterback. What do Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger have in common? Uh, they're all sitting home like every member of the Jaguars. It's not just the quarterback. And I'll tell you, too, now, there's also the elephant in the room. we got big-time chemistry issues in this locker room. I mean, that's obvious. You have a head coach in a season finale press conference detailing changes that already with urgency he knows he needs to make. They have a decision with a running back who was going to be their bell cow for the next four years, and uh, they're not sure they even want him. So uh, to the point of it, not just being the quarterback almost makes it scarier because those other issues are far from settled. All right, let me
0: play Little Ray of Sunshine. <laughs> which Thank you, D-Rock, which I've often been accused of not being. I think
1: that's what you went on Halloween, too. This, yeah. It is,
0: every year. Yeah. Cam Robinson's coming back from an injury. Andrew Norwell should play better than he did last year. He's got that should. ability, right? Should. Again, I'm being Mr. Optimistic here. Uh, Brandon Linder's solid as a center. If they can, you know, get... Figure out whoever's on the right side of that line. You've got maybe two positions you need to shore up. Then you get Marquise Lee back. Uh, D.D. Westbrook was emerging uh, over the course of the year, probably the best offensive player the Jaguars had this year consistently. If Fournette's mind is right, or if Carlos Hyde feels like he's the guy, or, you know, listen, you can find a running back or two to be good
1: enough to help get you through, as long as they hit on the quarterback they 've got some pieces there. I, I, listen you've got a top five defense three years in a row. I think they can be a playoff team next year don't I I, now I don't think they're going to be a twelve and four behemoth that we're all picking to go to the Super Bowl. the pit listen we talk all the way around this is about Leonard Fournette at this point. can they get Leonard fournette right right in the head right in the commitment, right in the maturity right in the locker room right as a teammate right as a captain this past year I'm not looking for that next year. can they get Leonard fournette right because if they can we learned last year that you don't have to have Antonio Brown and Julio Jones and Tom Brady. You can be a, a contending football team, but you can't be a team that wants to play defense and run the football if your bell cow running back is completely unreliable. And this year, Leonard Fournette was completely unreliable.
0: Well, your point about locker room chemistry certainly wasn't lost on Doug Marone, who said three things were key to get that team back to where he wants them to be. Availability, that's injuries. Coachability, that's chemistry and approach and buy in. And three is the scheme. So, to get the scheme, I think, was largely right on defense. They're going to have to figure out what scheme they want to run on the offensive side of the football. And that, of course, is going to be impacted by who they hire as the offensive coordinator as well. There is no doubt that the Jaguars are in a tough spot when it comes to the running back position. They never thought the two years after spending the fourth overall pick on the draft on Leonard Fournette that they would have these questions at that position, but they do. So what to do with Fournette? Here's our conversation.
3: Well, it's, it's obviously he was a disappointment this year on and off the field. And there obviously has to be a lot of maturity on Leonard Fournette's part. First, first of all, he has to be there. He needs to be in the building. He needs to find out if he doesn't know already how to be a professional. And that's not just, you know, in the weight room. That's that's in the community. That's with your teammates. It's in the locker room and just figuring out a way to make sure that come 2019 when the season starts, he's ready to go. I hope this was a wake-up call for Leonard Fournette, because if not, he doesn't have that many more chances. He needs to turn this thing around because a lot of people are counting on him. Mike, biggest disappoint, uh, disappointment of the
2: season? Without question, without question. And it, the commitment off the field is, is the bigger problem there. Um, and, and I think they have to drop their hammer on him. And I think what, what Doug Marone, talked about, about hey, everybody needs to be here for OTAs. I know it's not mandatory, but you know, they need to see him in the building, like Mark said, all the time. He needs to be here throughout the entire off-season, participate in all the off-season programs. They need to sit him down and say, look, you have no leeway now. You have no margin for error. I don't know how this thing is gonna go out. Leonard's camp is obviously gonna you know, appeal that decision about the guarantees and the contract, but they can say to him, look, you have, to, you have no leeway. You are going to tow this line, and if not, we're going to be done with you. But nope. they're not going to give up on him just yet. He's too talented, and it was a fourth overall pick just two years ago.
0: Any chance, though, Jeff, and D-Rock says <sighs> they're not going to give up on him. Any chance he's a part of a, of a trade conversation here in the offseason after they strip those guarantees off? He becomes a very tradable player. That contract, you don't have all that money accelerating into the salary cap right away if it's not guaranteed.
1: Well, it's a big what-if, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about this being a major part of your focal point next year, uh, and and it's a big what-if. I mean, is he Trent Richardson, right? I mean, are you going to find a Huckleberry out there that's going to send you a first-round pick to take him off your hands? Probably not. I'm stuck in the middle. I'm not sure. I I don't know if it's as simple as you're going to tow this line. There are a lot of things that have gone on behind the scenes from a professionalism standpoint with Leonard Fournette. It's too easy, guys, to find a guy that can get you 900 yards rushing. They're all over the place. There are four quarterbacks in this league that ran for more yards than Leonard Fournette this year. So, you know, what if Leonard Fournette's best year in his career was his first year, and then what are we talking about this year next time? I'm sure there's a lot of soul-searching going on down there. I've And... From what I know and what I think, yeah, if there's a trade option out there we would give any kind of value, you bet it would be considered. I think it would. What would you give up if you're another team for Leonard Ford, Mark? Listen, I,
3: I might give up a third. That's probably it. And I think if that uh, becomes available, I think the Jaguars have to think about it. Um, and... Uh, Listen, they're fed up, and, and these guys know better uh, than, than any of us. You guys are in the building quite a bit, so you understand full well that there are some serious frustrations. And it's one thing to be injured. I understand that. That happens. Uh, but missing treatments, uh, just not being available, not being a professional, not just, just simply not doing your job and behaving the way a professional football player for the Jacksonville Jaguars is supposed to, that is unacceptable. So does he communicate to them
0: those days are gone? Has he learned from this? I don't know, time will tell, but, but he's on a short leash. When you talk about the way that the Jaguars talked about Fournette publicly, when Tom Coughlin comes out and calls you out with a statement, I mean, the guys who have been called out publicly in a statement by Tom Coughlin through the years are guys like R.J. Soward. I mean, this is not, it's not like somebody dropped a pass or after the game he says, you know, uh, Tavian Banks showed a blatant disregard for the football. <laughs> this, this is calling a guy out based on his behavior, his attitude, his approach. That tells you a lot about where the
2: Jaguars are with Fournette. Right, and that's my thinking in terms of, if I'm another team, why do I want to bring that into my locker room? Even if I don't want to give up a fourth or fifth or sixth, I don't want to give up anything to bring that into my locker room.
3: Because he's not good enough Correct. to give up he's, that he's not. he's not good there, enough.
2: There's always great players, you're, you're willing to put up with more headache right. if they're really, really, really good, but <laughs> that kind of headache, With that kind of production, it's just not worth it.
0: Boy, some huge questions to be answered. I think one of the biggest ones that the Jaguars are going to have to tackle here very soon is who will be the new offensive coordinator and what kind of an offensive approach will he take. If the Jaguars are going to stay true to Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone's preferred offensive approach, I think you have a very small number of candidates who probably fit in that kind of grinded-out power-running game, work-off-play action kind of approach. The amazing thing is that Tom Coughlin, while he wants a power-running game, it's not that he doesn't want to throw the football. Think back to his teams with the Giants, Eli Manning and company, or in Jacksonville with Mark Brunel. They threw the ball. So I think it's a little bit of a misnomer that the Jaguars don't want to throw the football. They've got to get some guys in here who can make it happen in a passing game, whether that's on the offensive line wide receiver, tight end, and especially a quarterback, that has to happen. It's going to be very intriguing to me to see if the guy they hire as the offensive coordinator makes a difference in free agency. In other words, when free agents look at who are uh, on the Jaguars' coaching staff, what guys are there making a difference, does a position coach influence you? Maybe. Does a coordinator influence you? Probably. Does the head coach influence you? Absolutely. We'll see how that all plays out with free agency approach. But more to come between now and then for sure, and we'll keep you updated. Remember, you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Play. And you can also find every week our newest edition of Teal the Podcast on Newsforjax.com. Thanks to ESPN's Mike DiRocco, 1010XL's Jeff Prosser, and Mark Brunel for joining us. And thank you for listening. To heal the podcast.